Howdy friend. Welcome to Homegrown. I'm your host R.P. Smith. I'd like to extend a big thank you to the Prairie Museum at Holdridge for inviting me down to do a program and for everyone that came out to listen. It was sure fun for me to get to visit with so many folks that I hadn't crossed trails with for a while and to meet some brand new friends. This week I'll be making a quick trip across the border to the east to visit with a group of veterinarians so the process of figuring out how to keep the irrigation running, scheduling the drive home from the north pasture for the cow herd, and getting the sheep split up for breeding season are just a few of the jobs I need to get squeezed in ahead of takeoff. I finished getting the water systems to all the pastures this week, which means I can start draining the systems that we've already been through. Between the tow line and side roll irrigation systems and the water lines to pastures, I spend an awful lot of time playing in the water. We're certainly blessed to have that resource to work with in our part of the world, and it's not a job I take lightly. I'd like to share a water management poem this morning that I call Song of the Cistern. It was not done for sport or fun, this daring tale of father and son that strikes fear in the heart of brave men and women, the day Pa and I went cistern swimming. We had set a tank neath the windmill bank. A long hard day and the clay was sank. Great minds think alike and weak ones too. Both cowboys knew what they needed to do. I had shut off a valve. I hadn't told dad he hadn't asked and things turned bad. To slow the flow was on his list. Dad also gave the handle a twist. Two heads are usually better than one but two sets of hands sure mess up the fun to the breaking point or which were drawn when we went to turn the water on. The valve of which I speak is at the cistern bottom under twenty feet of pipe, and troubles, well, we've got them. Prongs once threw a handle, now we're twisted free. I was accusing Dad, and he was reprimanding me. The reasons that our troubles were so hard to annul, that cistern was totally, completely, absolutely full. The prongs were straightened out, and we did our best to cope as we passed a merry hour with the game of poke and hope. But Lady Luck was not smiling. We were both too peeved to pray. The sun would soon be setting. There was no time for delay. Evening chores were needed tended, and water was required when Dad hatched out a plan that he thought might be inspired. That cistern is only twenty feet deep or so, how tough could it be for one of us to go directly to the bottom to turn that valve back on? The edict had been issued from the upper echelon. Since I was young and single, except for my new bride, being a pioneer of cistern surfing would bring my family pride. It would be like climbing Everest, except I'd go the other way. A rope and a cinder block helped put the plan in play. The rope was tied to me in case my life was spent. The cinder block I held to aid in my descent. Dad would count the seconds off his watch they would tick and I had a sinking feeling for you see I'm claustrophobic. If you care not for culverts or closets it is a sure safe bet. When that space is filled with fluids it intensifies the threat. I was somewhere near the bottom when my descent began to slow and it came on me like a vision it was time for letting go. I dropped the cinder block 
popped out like a cork from cheap champagne, hit the ground a-running and took no time to explain. I could hear a higher calling over my earthly father's roar. Jesus had commanded me to go and swim no more. I can't send a boy to do a man's job. I agreed that Dad was right. Though I was pretty skinny, that cylinder was way too tight. He questioned my genetics, questioned my human worth, said I'll show you how it's done and bared his blubbery girth. I meant no disrespect, but me, he would nearly clobber when I said we'll fetch more cinder blocks because we've got a bigger bobber. Two more blocks were rounded up, tied together with a strap, a rope through his belt loop to prevent any mishap. This time I would count the seconds and I would watch the clock on the other side of his plan and it I could take stock. A miniature tsunami erupted as Papa took the plunge. Bubbles came to the surface like squeezing out a sponge. Thirteen seconds had elapsed when Dad did reappear. Unplanned circumstances had brought him right back here. He had made it to the bottom, had the shutoff found, but when he dropped his anchor he quickly did rebound. And he'd need a pair of pliers, this kind of made him squawk. The handle had been broken off by a falling cinder block. This time we used a windmill weight, cause we was out of bricks. Tied a rope for easy retrieval as we put in our final licks. Third time could have been a charm, but that's not the way it went. Dad did earn some points for being resilient. I think I probably might have gotten it, he confidently stated as we went to Holland Water to pass the time while we waited. My story ends right there. Our troubles had no easy cure. And if you're looking for a moral of that, I am not sure. But the winds of change were blowing. And friend, I'm here to tell. That's why the Pinecrest cattle now drink from an electric-powered well. Thanks for riding along on Homegrown this morning. Hoping the Lord blesses you real good today, that he's raining on your place, and that our happy trails cross again soon. I'm R.P. Smith.